This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association, Warrior Queen, and Chris Giddings. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like cat stickers and a fancy special icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Your other host, Will. So today we have like a listener question that I feel like speaks to a fairly universal issue that a lot of people <laughs> express, which is that they go from like they start reading up on financial systems and investing and they they haven't done anything yet, but they start to feel more and more confident. And they're like, OK, I know what I'm going to do. And then they actually get to the process of like setting up an investment and they're like, oh, my God, I don't actually know how this works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the intensely complicated paperwork or, or forms or. Yeah. We're just like the website and not understanding what the different things say. Um, so this was actually I think I got this question. Um, the subject line of this email made me laugh, which was my Roth IRA is so confusing. It feels like a trick. Help. <laughs> Um, and it's from Maggie. And I actually thought, oh, my gosh, Maggie, this was like a perfect way for me. It makes it sound like, one, I have listeners, which is great. And two, uh, it's a perfect transition because I know there are a lot of other people that are probably in the same camp where they've decided to start investing for retirement and set up their own investing. And then they're just like totally confused about how to do it even though they they know the basics of what they want like they're like i know i want index funds mm -hmm. what I, they like, are i i know i want a roth ira but like the actual mechanics of setting it up are confusing and so maggie wrote in do you want to read it yeah more? i love your show and it has inspired me to open my own roth ira in addition to the 403b account i have through work which is managed by the state I just stuck $1,000 in my new account with Vanguard, but then when I tried to actually buy stocks and bonds, I got really confused. A customer service person told me I don't have enough to invest in a traditional total market index fund, like you recommended, and told me to use an ETF instead. What's the difference between these things? Is buying ETF stocks and bonds a good plan until I get the minimum amount in there to buy the regular funds? Also, I keep seeing different confusing pieces of information as I'm reading about the settlement fund. What is this, and what do I need to do with it? And when I add money to my account, do I need to manually invest it each time? I can only afford to put in about $100 per month right now, since I'm still building my emergency fund. $100 doesn't seem like much when I look at prices of stocks and bond ETFs. Any advice you give me would be wonderful. I went in feeling very confident from the info I got on Oh My Dollar, and now I feel a bit like a kid playing with adult systems I don't understand. Oh, Maggie, we're all just little kids playing with adult systems. With matches. <laughs> That's pretty much. Don't don't fear. You're in the same camp with a lot of people, and it can be really intimidating to figure it out. So I'm I'm going to try to give some general info, but then I'm going to specifically talk about Vanguard simply because um, it's what I use. So it was easy for me to. Uh, go in and look at the different like menus and stuff and i know a lot of people have ended up preferring vanguard because they tend to have a lot of um low expense ratio funds i've talked about them before on the show they're kind of like a credit union for a brokerage um so i i will i will try to give general advice but also specifically talking about vanguard so the first thing I want to do is I'm going to kind of work backwards in your questions. The first thing I want to say is do not focus ever on the so-called price of stocks or bond ETFs. I don't want you to focus generally on the price. There's no necessity that you buy full shares of any individual investment. Um, a full share would be like 
there's usually a price for the share, right? Mm-hmm. So when when you buy a fund of any kind, this could be a mutual fund, an ETF, which stands for Exchange Traded Fund. You'll never need to know that again. Exchange Traded Fund. Okay. Um, <laughs> it does or, show up a lot in here. <laughs> or, or like a target retirement fund. When you buy any kind of fund, what you're doing is this is a pooled piece of a bunch of different companies, right? So there are some technical differences between an ETF or a mutual fund. But the most important thing you need to know is that when you buy one share, you're buying all the tiny pieces of all those other companies that are contained within the fund. And that is true with any fund. You are buying a tiny piece of a bunch of different companies when you buy one share of the fund. However, that price of a share is is mostly irrelevant, right? Like, in general, you want that price to go up over time. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what you paid for, um, it, yeah. you generally want to buy low and sell high, but it's not like shopping around on Amazon to find the best backpack price, right? And so you're not necessarily looking looking at that price and you're also not looking at it as like it's something i can't afford the thing because you can always buy like a fractional you can always buy a fractional amount although there are some some things you do need to consider which are considered minimum investments so what you ran up against is that for a lot of the target funds at uh, Vanguard, they have a minimum investment of $3,000. That doesn't mean the price to buy is $3,000, and I just want to emphasize that. Um, what it does mean is that you need to find other types of investment vehicles until your portfolio gets to 3000 which is a confusing sentence, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the first thing, I, I just want you to understand that the price is pretty irrelevant. Like Over the long term, you want to make sure you're making a return, but don't focus on the price. We do want to focus on that minimum investment number so that you can pick something that you have enough money for the minimum investment. Yeah. It's generally better to think about your retirement account like a piggy bank that you're storing your extra change in and then hopefully that change is then getting reinvested and growing and growing inside the piggy bank rather than <laughs> Just like, like a piggy bank. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's how piggy banks work, right? <laughs> um but you don't want to think about it like a store where you're shopping for something and then you're going to buy something and then, and and then you've you've exchanged it for that thing, right? It's it's more like a piggy bank where you're putting money into it. So The next thing I want to talk about before we get into the minimum investments is the settlement fund. Not every single brokerage has what's called a settlement fund. Um, Vanguard does. Most of them do. Um, I was also, like, as someone who has a degree in economics, who understands how markets work, I was also just confused by the settlement fund when I got started. I was like, okay, I want to set up a transfer for my checking account into my investment every month, and I don't want to touch it. Yeah. What is this settlement fund? I don't understand what's going on. All I can tell is that it's like an extra account that I was given that I didn't ask for. <laughs> um, so it, generally, it's where the money gets held before it's invested. It's sort of the purgatory of investment funds. Like They're not yet in the heaven of being invested, nor are they in the hell of your checking account. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> the I'm, hell of your checking account. I like it. <laughs> I'm not really good at religion, so you know, don't quote me on that. Um, but there's no reason to have things hanging out in the settlement fund for long. If you were doing a lot of active trading, you might want to keep money money in that settlement account simply because um, it usually takes a couple days to get stuff from, uh, especially uh, you will probably have your main money in a different institution than Vanguard because they don't have checking funds. Mm -hmm. um, They don't have checking or savings accounts. And so theoretically, you'll probably have a different institution. Um, 
as we've talked about, U.S. banking is slow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the, so the, so it's just sort of a lobby where your money's parked until is, you put it, it somewhere. It is literally like yeah. it's the lobby, and then you've got an elevator bank, and your money is like walking into the lobby. It's hanging out in the settlement fund lobby, and then you've got all the different elevators. And if you do it right, you can set it up so that money automatically teleports from your bank into the lobby of the settlement fund, and then it just on its own picks an elevator to ride up into the fund that you've chosen. Does this make sense? We're this doing, makes sense. Yeah. We're doing a lot of metaphors here, but I'm trying. <laughs> um, so the thing that you want to do is like, there's no reason to generally have it hang out in that settlement right, fund because it's not it's increasing. Yeah, 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 it's it's, just it's a there. money market yeah. fund, so you're getting a little bit of return on your money, but it's not it, it's not the same as having a retirement investment, right? So um, you what you want because you don't aren't doing hopefully like a lot of stock and bond trading um what you want to do is you want to automatically have money move into your settlement account and then you want to be able to buy your funds mm -hmm. from that account so i actually i want to tell you like i very rarely interact with my vanguard account i actually logged into vanguard for the first time in months in order to like prep for this episode to see what it looks like remind yourself yeah yeah I, I wanted to like find where all the functions were and i just want to emphasize you can be i still have in my you know automatic uh account from my main checking which is through usaa goes over to Vanguard every month. I see it get taken out, but I am an anxious person, and so I don't like to watch the stock market go up and down. So I rarely log into Vanguard, and I hope that we can also achieve that for you, so that you can either be lazy or you can just keep your anxiety away. <laughs> um, and so you can get this set up to be kind of automatic. So cool. the first thing you have to do is you have to buy shares of a Vanguard fund. Since you already have like $1,000 to invest, you do need to buy shares in that fund so that you can kind of um, add it to the menu. It's really stupid, but you're, you're trying to add it to the menu of those automatic transactions. So the reason that you were suggested ETFs, which are exchange-transfer exchange funds, exchange-traded funds, Traded. ETFs, they're just, it's essentially a mutual fund that can be bought and sold um, more frequently. So mutual funds, the difference is that mutual funds will be bought and sold at the end of the day based on a price for that day. Mm -hmm. um, ETFs can be traded like stocks and bonds. Oh, okay. Um, the functional difference here is that ETFs, the minimum to invest in them with Vanguard is one share. And like the average ETF you share can't price do the right fractional now. fractional shares. Yeah. I see. Well, it's one share, but then you can do fractional shares from beyond that, right? Okay. So um, the minimum is $3,000 to do most of their index funds. It's $1,000 to do most of their target retirement funds. Um, and then to do ETFs that look almost the same as their index funds, which it's one share. And an average share is like about $35. So you can functionally think of that as the minimum investment, right, for an ETF. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason that you were recommended this is because you don't have to reach that $1,000 or $3,000 minimum threshold in order to invest for an ETF. So if you're just getting started out and you want to open up your first, your first Roth IRA, the Roth IRA, you can have invested then into ETFs. And it's just a slightly different name. It's a slightly tip, t different type of investment. And it does the exact same thing. It bundles different stocks together just like an index fund would. It's usually, but the difference is it can be traded like stocks. But you're not going right. to trade it like and stocks. And you can get at it for $1,000, not 3000 You can get at it for 35 You can get at it for the price of one share. So oh, whatever okay. the price of that one share is that day, which is like 
most of them are like 35 to I, I think some might be up as high as 50 right now um but it's so you can buy just one single share and then you can buy fractional shares after that if you want to do uh it, since you have a thousand dollars to invest what i have done is i've used uh, what i initially set up because i hadn't i didn't have that three thousand when i set up my first account I, the fund I used was called a target retirement fund mm -hmm. and target retirement funds we've talked about before, but they usually have like a number in them. So it'll be like 2050, 2055, 2035. And that number is the year that you are expected to retire. Once again, I want to caution. I've cautioned before. Even if you are angling for early retirement, don't pick a near date if you are young. And that is because then it will be very, it is invested essentially the split of stocks and bonds that you're going to do in it that that are automatically done in it you don't have to do anything that split is based on how close you are to retirement age so, right so if you say very soon you're going to get a bunch it, of uh, low payout bonds yeah exactly yeah. you're going to have things that are meant to keep your money secure not growing you if you are on the younger end and by younger end i mean like under 50 if you are on the younger end then you want to have more aggressive growth in your stock portfolio. And so you want to pick a target retirement fund based on your actual year of retirement. And mm -hmm. once again, it's hard to fudge it. The retirement age is a, kind of a flexible and moving thing, but generally take how the year that you'll be 65 in. And they usually go in five-year increments. So you'll pick either between the you know 2046 and you know 2050 is the target retirement 2050 fund. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, that is what you can use because you have $1,000 to invest. So you can actually just set up a target retirement fund. So, for example, I use the target retirement fund of Vanguard Target Retirement 2050 Fund, which is VFIFX. Catchy. The downside of these <laughs> is they do have a slightly higher expense ratio. Expense ratio is the amount that you pay to Vanguard in order for them to invest in you. It's like the percentage. You Like a lot of funds at Vanguard have almost 0.03%. Some other funds now are down to actual no fee, 0%. So actually none. Okay. Yeah. Um, and versus a, you know, we've talked before about like invested, actively invested mutual funds can be up in the 2% category, which is tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your retirement portfolio if you're paying that much. So the downside of the target retirement funds is the upside, they do all the work for you. They automatically allocate. They'll reinvest um, in a percentage of stocks and bonds as right. you age. You cannot log in for months, and you it'll can, just keep on tracking. It, it's just going to keep on doing that. You don't have to even rebalance your portfolio, which is what we said, you know, where every, like, six months or a year you go through and you see what the percentage of stocks and bonds are, and you buy and sell to keep to your allocation Right. Ratio. Someone else does that. Yeah. It's just automatically done. Um, their expense ratio is still pretty low. It's like 0.15% for what I pay for the 2050 fund. So that's your best option if you have $1,000 to invest. If you do not yet have $1,000 to invest and you are going for something like Vanguard, uh, I'm using Vanguard as an example because they have, it's kind of complicated, it feels kind of complicated, but a lot of people do it. So then you have to go for the ETFs. And the ETFs, once again, it's just a slightly different name for a fund that bundles together different stocks and it's indexed to a specific market. Yeah. So if you wanted to previously buy VTSAX, which is the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, you are not able to buy that fund until you reach $3,000. However, there is an ETF that does the exact same thing. It tracks 
the total stock market and you can buy a share of that ETF fund. Okay. So that that's the solution for the listener who wasn't able, didn't have enough to invest in the overall fund. Exactly. And so the the actual mechanics of being able to invest in that fund or in a target retirement fund are first you buy a share of a fund. And then that fund will get it listed in your like nice little online profile. And then you're going to go on to, this is like literally what you do at Vanguard, but it's going to be very similar at a lot of other institutions. You log in to your brokerage, go to the buy and sell tab. And then at Vanguard, there was just a giant thing that said transfer money to slash from your Vanguard settlement fund. Remember how we talked about the settlement fund is Mm -hmm. a lobby it has to go into. I set up a recurring transaction. Um, the recurring transaction goes from my checking account at USAA on the 17th of each month. Which is your- today. Yeah, which is... While it, we're recording. It actually happened while I was doing research for this episode, which <laughs> I thought was really funny. Wild. Um, and it goes from the account on the 17th of each month. Often it can take a couple days. So just be aware of that kind of wiggle room. In your case, if you want to do $100 a month, you would take that $100 and you would set up that recurring transaction to go into the settlement fund. So then you would schedule another transaction from that same tab that takes $100 from the settlement fund and buys $100 of either that target retirement fund or of those ETFs. The reason I um, recommend the target retirement fund over the ETFs is one downside if you have Vanguard is one downside of Vanguard is that they have higher um, buy and sell costs uh, per share because they kind of try to not have you do a lot of back and forth trading. And so buying one fund is going to cost you less in those fees overall, which is why I like the target retirement funds, even though they have like a slightly higher expense ratio than those ETFs, because I think over over the long term, not having to do that and not having to make those adjustments for stocks and bonds, right? So for example, if you were building a portfolio out of ETFs, what you would likely do is you would say if you're 30 years old, then you would put 80% in a ETF that tracks the total stock market. And then you would put, you know, 20% in something that tracks the total bond market. And you can look through, they have great descriptions. They show you the expense ratios for all of their funds at Vanguard. Most other brokerages will do this. If they don't list the expense ratios, they're probably not a discount brokerage, in which case they might not be the best place to do this kind of investing. Um, but if That's they, good to know. Yeah. yeah, just generally like they love to brag about expense ratios now because everybody became obsessed with them in the past five years. So now most of the big brokerages, Ally, all these kind of online brokerages, Fidelity are really obsessed with showing off their expense ratios. Okay. So does that make sense? Yes. And I just have those recurring transactions set up. You also can set up a recurring transaction that just goes straight from your checking account into that fund if you have just one fund set up but also be nice in order to do that you need to have that you need to have bought a share before so if you just want to do this you're you're increasing the number of shares you have not purchasing new shares that makes sense why they would automate that yeah so you it's like anyway it's the same transaction though it's still going to hang out in the settlement lobby for a second and before it it rides on up 
Um, and so, you know, and my settlement fund, I, I, when I logged in, I realized I had like 40 cents cause it's a money market. So it did make some money off the money that was hanging out in the settlement fund for a while. Nice. So I have like an extra 40 cents uh, score that's just like hanging out there that I'm going to buy then, yourself a piece of candy. I'm going to buy my, when you retire, <laughs> I'm going to buy myself a tiny, tiny fraction of a share of the Vanguard total stock market index yeah, fund. Um, and so that's just generally the basics. And the thing about as you start to start to invest in this in this IRA and you gain more money, if you want to buy and sell within the IRA to move up to a different what they call share type. Um, so if you get enough money to invest in, you know, the three thousand dollar minimum, you've reached that and you're able to invest in the Vanguard um, total stock market index fund and you have the minimums for those funds, you can always change it around later. Right, um, right, and buy into that. So I, one of your last questions was just quite simply like, you're still building your emergency fund. Should you still put $100 in into your retirement? Um, this is one of those things where, you know, we talk all the time about like the kind of the trade-off of building up your emergency fund versus saving for retirement. Uh, generally, I think that you should start um, you should always invest up to the match if you get a match at work. It sounds like you have a yeah. 403B, so it sounds like maybe you don't even have control over that. It might just be a pension. Um, but I do recommend if that $100 is going to make a huge difference in how fast you're able to build up that emergency fund and that's your number one goal, focus on that for a little bit before you start focusing on the Roth IRA. But uh, I wouldn't put it off forever. And the reason I wouldn't put it off forever is early investment makes a huge difference in the long term. Early is more important than big when it comes yeah. to investing because of the magic of compound interest. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the over half of what is located in my IRA at Vanguard is growth at this point. And that is because impressive. Yeah. I've had it open for, you know, 14 years because I opened it the second I was old enough to have an IRA. And that meant that even even though I, oh man, it was hard to watch it tank during the recession and just month after month keep putting in my 50 or my $100 into that IRA and watching the value go down. But that meant that I was buying little bits of the market shares when the market was down and I was buying low. And then later I was selling high. So awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, I mean, the really Buy awesome low, part sell high. Buy low, sell high. It's <laughs> hard it to do first. in practice. It's one of those things where, you know, it sounds really obvious, but it's really hard to do in practice, um, especially when you're like, don't when you as as Maggie so smartly put, you feel like a little kid playing with adult systems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, do you feel like you could confidently do this? Will? yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm pretty good at navigating confusing menus on websites though. <laughs> I will say the settlement fund is probably one of the most frustrating things. And then the other thing is that I tell people that I use Vanguard, they want to go use Vanguard, and then Vanguard is like, oh, you don't have enough to invest. But that's not actually true. The the real minimum is like is the cost of one ET ETF share. Um if you're frustrated and you don't want to have to figure out all these. There's a bunch of different discount brokerages. I'll try to link to some of them in the show notes um, that don't have these like three different paths to invest, essentially. Uh, one of the things I do like about Vanguard, in addition to their expense ratios and the way they run their company, uh, this is not spawned by them, by the way. I just I literally that's what I <laughs> so use. So it was a Vanguard, not really. <laughs> uh, th that's what the question about. That's what I use. And so it was easy for me to go to the forums. Um, 
the there are plenty that would like to get you into a no fee starter fund for your first investment. So please don't take that as this is the only place to do it. Um, one thing I do like about Vanguard, though, is that they upgrade your shares. So once you reach to a certain, um, per, so like once you cross like 10K, uh, then your shares will get upgraded and those have a lower expense ratio. Oh, nice. So you like, as you get more, you actually pay less in fees, which is just, I don't know, is how capitalist that is. But anyway, it's, um, I, I do like it because it just kind of happens automatically. Yeah, the I mean, scene. the automatically seems like a good thing with stocks and bonds. You kind of want to set and forget for a few years. Yeah. Um. So things to know about ETFs, pretty much the same. It's just a different kind of fund. Um. Don't And they track different markets, right? So you could buy an ETF that only tracks, like, I don't know, the metals markets. Um, but that gets closer into, you know, like retail investing, mm-hmm. which we generally recommend much more casual total market investing on the show simply because you generally can't beat the market overall even when you're trying so i don't like to try to play games if you want to do that with some fun money that's kind of fun but um if you go for etfs go for the more broad-based markets in my in my not so humble opinion yeah yeah cool We'll write in with more questions and let us know how that works. I want to know if anybody finally got got it together and set up an automated transaction. I want to count up all the people that's, that started an automatic transaction to their retirement account from this show. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So show of hands. <laughs> let us know. Show of hands. Show of emails. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps our show for today. We love hearing from you. Email us your financial worries or brokerage successes at questions at oh my dollar or tweet us at anomaly or at oh my dollar. Our producer is myself, Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and your host and personal finance educator is Lillian Kerbig. Just doing a dance as I say that. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.